Welcome to It's All Anonymous. I'm your host, Oscar Ruto. This is a podcast dedicated to the lessons I have learned in Alcoholics Anonymous. My intention is to find a way, with your help, dear listeners, to use the 12 steps, not just in recovery, but in all aspects of life. Join me on this journey of spiritual progress. Here we go. Hello, hello, hello. Another week, another podcast. This will be the start of step six of It's All on It's All Anonymous with me, your host, Oscar Ruto. Thank you so much for the support you've given me all through this time for the regulars, for the newcomers. If you want to get an idea of what this podcast is all about, please go back to episode one. The first five minutes should suffice. If not, well, this is a, might as well be the best place to start. It doesn't matter. Well, gratitude. Thank you so much for the people who've been listening, sharing, commenting. I'm so happy with the progress with this, on this podcast. I'm happy with, number one, my own consistency. I'm very happy about that. Uh, doing this has made me change a lot of things about my life in a positive way. And it gives me things to discuss with my sponsors and other people in AA in a, at a deeper basis. It's just a good... It helps me look at my own life. It does help me look at my own life. Dig deep into my soul and find out where I'm lacking. Where are my shortcomings? Where can I improve? Well, that's, that being said, I'm going to jump right into the podcast. So, step six of the 12-step program. So, the step, step six goes like this. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. So as you recall, in step five, we, we expressed our, we revealed our shortcomings and our failings and our misdeeds to God and to another human being. So step six is about asking God or your higher power, whatever that may be, to remove all these defects of character. So I'm going to be reading from the literature as I do. So it goes like this. This is the step that separates the men from the boys. So declares a well-loved clergyman who happens to be one of AA's greatest friends. He goes on to explain that any person capable of enough willingness and honesty to try repeatedly step six on all his faults without any reservations whatsoever has indeed come a long way spiritually and is therefore entitled to be called a man who is sincerely trying to grow in the image and likeness of his own creator now so you can notice in this step they do it does seem a bit religious well maybe this is just my interpretation of what's being said here that being said this is my podcast and i myself i'm religious first and spiritual secondly so (laughs) it works just fine for me okay to proceed of course the often disputed question of whether God can and will under certain conditions remove the defects of character will be answered with a, with a prompt affirmative by almost any AA member. To him, this proposition will be no theory at all. It will be just about the largest, largest fact in his life. He will usually offer his proof in a statement like this. Sure, I was beaten, absolutely licked. My own willpower just couldn't, uh, just wouldn't work on alcohol. Change of scene, the best efforts of family, friends, doctors, and clergymen got no place with my alcoholism. I simply couldn't stop drinking. And no human being could seem, to, uh, could seem to do the job for me. But when I became willing to clean house, I then asked a higher power, God, as I understood him, to give me release. My obsession to drink vanished. 
it was lifted right out of me. Pause. So this is something of being a Christian, a Catholic myself, I've always wondered about the what it takes to ask God for something, to do something through the will of God. And many people have made large claims that through the power of God, anything is possible. And the Bible just does say something to that effect. But I do find myself, as Oscar, being, I wouldn't say scared, maybe, yeah, maybe a bit scared of trying to ask God to give me power to do some things. One, one reason of this is that I fear that I will not get what I ask for. And on the other hand, I also fear that what sacrifice will be required for me to get this thing that I'm asking for. Because nothing comes without sacrifices, nothing good at least. So with many things in my life, I have failed to ask God to give me the strength to gain or to over to gain something or to overcome something. Even with alcoholism, I didn't really ask God for help. It's like I will say AA was my first step with dealing with alcoholism. It wasn't God. And through AA, I kind of went back to God. Yeah, okay, I'll proceed. In AA meetings all over the world, statements just like this are heard daily. It is plain for everybody to see that each sober AA member has been granted a release from this very obstinate and potentially fatal obsession. So, in a very complete and literal way, all AAs have become entirely ready to have God remove the mania of alcohol from their lives, and God has proceeded to do, to do exactly that. I guess, then in this sense, God is working through A. The Bible does say, where two or three are gathered, there you will find the Spirit of the Lord. And A is a room, a fellowship of men and women who are coming together to find ways to assist each other overcome the alcoholism. So maybe it doesn't, need, doesn't take the individual here to say, God help me overcome alcoholism. But to be in that space where people are working together to overcome, God, as far as I see it, lingers there not god is there and god is helping us overcome god is removing this defect of character from us helping us deal with it maybe maybe here asking isn't sitting down and saying god please help me stop drinking but being in a room walking into an aa room taking that first step that is you asking god Actually, that might be the most direct way to ask God for help in such a matter. It's like, hey, I'm not just, just sitting down saying, God, God, please help me not drink. I'm actually taking myself to an AA room and sitting down and listening to other members speak and speaking myself and sharing my, my life story. And through sharing and through listening, I am humbling myself before another human being and before God. And God says, okay, yes, yes. Because you're willing to humble yourself, I will give you the strength to overcome this defect of character to proceed. When men and women, oh, sorry, I made a mistake, having been granted a perfect release from alcoholism, why then shouldn't we be able to achieve by the same means a perfect release from every other difficulty or defect? This is a riddle of our existence, the full answer to which many 
uh, to which may be only in the mind of God. Nevertheless, at least part of the answer to it is apparent to us. Why? When men and women pour so much alcohol into themselves that they destroy their lives, they commit a most unnatural act. Defying their instinctive desire for self-preservation, they seem bent upon self-destruction. They work against their own deepest instincts. As they are humbled by the ter- terrific beating administered administer by alcohol, the grace of God can enter them and expel the obsession. Here, their powerful crea- instinct to live can, op- can cooperate fully with their creators there to give them new life. For nature and God alike abhor suicide. I had one member in a meeting a few weeks back, maybe a month or more ago actually, who said that uh, I might be misremembering this. I most likely am misremembering this. He said something along the lines of that he was an alcoholic for a while. Sorry, he was sober for a while, for quite a number of years. And then he stopped going to, for meetings. And eventually he slipped up and started drinking again. And the only thing that brought him back to A was the... And this was the best thing I had him, anyone say. It was so wonderful. The gift of desperation brought him back to AA. Like he got to a point in his life whereby he was willing to do absolutely anything to quit drinking. And he called that the gift of desperation. How many of us have been there, whether it's with drugs and alcohol, right? Actually, alcohol is a drug with drugs, right? Whether it's with finances, whether it's with employment, whereby you've actually got into a place where you're so desperate that anything, anything, seems worth it. You're willing to try anything. Right? I remember not not being being broke, right? And I came from a reasonably well off family. My as a child my aspirations to the future are always so bright. Like I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be a billionaire. It's only a step up from where my family is to become a multimillionaire. That's gonna be that's good that's my role. That's that's what my life has in store for me. But I end up being broke. And I remember counting coins so I can buy cup ramen for dinner. And at that point in my life, I was willing to do any job, any job at all, just to not feel that way. And coming from a well-off family to going to work as in, a, in a convenience store, in a 7-Eleven, that was humbling. To being a bartender, cleaning people's vomits out of toilets, that was humbling, you know. But, you know, the gift of desperation, the gift that keeps giving, desperation, it is, it is a gift. And funny enough, I was in church yesterday, and the father was talking about gratitude, and he said, as human beings, we tend to only show gratitude for the things that we, we like, you know. A, you know, a gift from your wife on your birthday, getting the job you always wanted, you know, your friends being there for you when you need it the most. But he said, you have to learn to show gratitude even when things don't go your way. And that's, it's kind of the same thing, the gift of desperation. Can we learn to be grateful for desperation? Because in those dark moments, something awakens in us. Something that shows us a path to a better life, a better way of living. Living gratitude for the darkness okay to proceed 
but most of our other difficulties don't fall under such a category at all. Every normal person wants, for example, to eat, to reproduce, to be somebody in the city of his fellows, and he wishes to be reasonably safe and secure as he tries to attain these things. Indeed, God made him that way. He did not design man to destroy himself by alcohol, but he did give man instincts to help him stay alive. It is nowhere evident, at least in this life, that our Creator expects us to fully eliminate our instinctual drives. So, so far as we know, it is nowhere on the record that God has completely removed from any human being all his natural drives. Since most of us are born with an abundance of natural desires, it isn't strange that we often let this far exceed their intended purpose. When they drive us blindly or we willfully demand that they supply us with more satisfactions or pleasures than are possible or due us, that is the point at which we depart from the degree of perfection that God wishes for us here on earth. That is the measure of our character defects. Or, if you wish, our sins. Pause. Now this is an interesting thing that most of our sins, of our sins as far as I can understand this, come from us pushing beyond the limits of our instinctual drive or desires. Like, we need sex to reproduce. But you can abuse sex. They are sex addicts. And the desire to orgasm can lead men mostly to pornography. Right? We need food to eat. But people do binge it and become overweight. You c- sleep is necessary. But some people just tend to love sleep so much. Become lazy and sedentary. Such is life. The things that we need for survival tend to be the things that we use to slowly kill ourselves. The things we love the most are the things that kill us. To proceed, if we ask, God will certainly forgive our derelictions. But in no case does he render us white as snow and keep us that way without our cooperation. That is something we are supposed to be willing to work toward ourselves. He asks only that we try as best as we know how to make progress in the build, in the building of character. So, step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Is AA's way of stating that the best possible attitude one can take in, in order to make a beginning on this lifetime job. This does not mean that we expect all our character defects to be lifted out of us as the drive to drink was. A few of them may be, but with most of them we shall have to be content with patient improvement. The keywords, entirely ready, underline the fact that we want to aim at the very best we know or can learn. Aim, sorry, I'm going to end that by the way. So aim at the best, aim at the best. Funny enough, the... Etymology for the, the etymology for the word sin comes from a word called harmatia. I think that's Greek, and it means to miss the mark. So to sin is basically missing the mark. And it's finally it's funny how, as Oscar, when I was drinking, I knew drinking was wrong, right? But I would come up with excuses and rationales as to why I need to keep drinking. And it's like initially I was miss I missed the mark accidentally, but at some point I just said, you know what, the bullseye isn't to the to the right, it's actually to the left. I'm going I'm just gonna keep shooting at the left, 
because that's where that's where Oscar's bruiser is right so I just changed the mark on my own and decided it's no longer where God had placed it I know where it should be so aim turn your aim aim in the right direction Oscar this is what step 6 is saying it's like hey I have to learn I have to ask God to help me aim in the right direction be entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character give me the right eye you know give me good eyes let me be able to aim correctly I do hope I can I do fall short of the graces of God I am not yet the man I want to be and I see men I look up to and there are many men I do admire and I aspire to be like them and to a degree I know what it takes to be what they are I do know I know what it takes but sometimes I miss the mark a lot of the times I miss the mark and I beat myself up and the reason I beat myself up is because I know I am the one who failed to take the shot or rather took the shot the wrong way so as we start on step 6 dear listeners i hope that you all are willing to ask god to remove all your defects of character it will be better for everyone in our lives if we do so to close i'm going to be reading a poem from my book anthology on demonology a poetic discourse of the possessed which is available on all Amazon stores if you are not able to make the purchase for whatever reason do not fret as i will be reading a poem from the book or another one of my creations at the end of each episode today's poem is titled oh natural and it goes like this fear is your natural state oscar so have another can in that haze you might forget forget the bills forget the class you hate forget the potential abandoned oscar just have another you're this far, far deep in the waters doesn't hurt to go deeper doesn't hurt to be in a place where the sun don't shine it's better than the surface better than seeing the waves you can't surf better than the thoughts of sharks and whales and krakens have one more oscar then you lose the fear for the darkness will become you finished So that was a poem from my book Anthology on Demonology a poetic discourse of the possessed available on Amazon. Once again thank you so much for joining me and entrusting me with 15-20 minutes of your time on this rather rainy Monday depending on where you are it is rainy here in Japan at least in Osaka. And I hope you have a beautiful wonderful week with your friends your loved ones your coworkers or if you alone I hope you enjoy your time alone. You'll catch me here again on Friday on another episode of It's All Anonymous with me your host Oscar Ruto. Goodbye.